My name's Anarchy Somerville and welcome to the podcast, How to Be a Boss at Aging. We've had a little break and why did we have a little break? And why am I calling myself we? Um, I'm not the queen. I had a little break and I think that was because I was feeling very tired. So I don't really have a better excuse than that. But um, having two small kids and then trying to get through this lockdown, like many women, I was just feeling like I wanted to lie on the floor. But I didn't lie on the floor. I was doing other work as well. So I am now back again. And this week I'm talking to Gail Haddock. And Gail is someone who runs her own business, Hustle and Fox. And we're going to be talking all about, I guess, how to start your own business. I think with a lot of us being in lockdown, um, perhaps working from home, perhaps finally re-evaluating what we want to do with our lives. Certainly when I speak to friends, they're all saying, oh, I think I want to start my own business. I want to do something that I love. I'm sick of working for other people. Um, So we kind of demystify that a little bit because I think sometimes there's a danger that you just think, oh, it must be really easy. Uh, You just sit on your laptop um, and you get a PayPal account and then you sell something. Um, And certainly on social media, um, I've been guilty of looking at things and thinking, wow, that looks super simple. I could do that. Um, And the truth is, obviously, a lot of hard work goes into it. Anyway, um, have a listen and I will see you again at the end. Well, I'm excited today. We've had a little break. We're actually talking in the half term, but the podcast has had a little break just for the half term. I've got Gail Haddock with me, who is the boss. I was going to say that use the terrible term mum boss. And I was thinking, what am I doing? No, I'm I'm going into some (laughs) terrible cliche. But um, you basically own a business called Hustle and Fox, don't you? And we were just talking before we started recording about all the things that you do. But you're kind of like a mentor and a coach. You're helping women get their businesses off the ground, build up their confidence, get their story together. And the reason I wanted to have you on actually was our paths have crossed, I think at various, in the good old days, way, way back many centuries ago, um, we, there was lots of events, wasn't there, that people used to go to when they were launching a candle or a, I don't know, a bloody beanie hat or whatever. And we would we would meet at these influencer events. And I think I remember seeing you actually, probably maybe that was the last time we saw one another in the flesh, was that there was an event and it was launching um, Selfish Mother Sweatshirts collaboration, I think. And I think you might have, I mean, this is years ago, but I think you you were definitely there with your daughter and it was quite a posh high-end designer shop. I think it was, was it Alice Templeton? Oh um, God, I do remember I have seen you since then because we I was there at the Hotbed Collective yes, or, event. book launch. Oh, and that's I was, it. And I was pregnant. But yes, I was, it was Alice Templey's Templey. very posh shop. Exactly. It was the Templey um, collaboration and um, yeah, I'd bought Roxy, my daughter, who at the time was probably about, two and a half or something yes um she ran riot in the i remember that it's funny because there'll be people listening and they'll think oh what a couple of old wankers talking about influencer events but the reality is is i didn't go to that many of them and when i did go to them i was often like full of insecurity because i was thinking i've not got enough followers someone over there's got a gazillion followers and then i'd go into the toilet and i'd sort of have a bit of an anxiety attack because i'd think oh i'm wearing the wrong thing or I've got, you know, my dress is not very nice or whatever. So they're they're funny events, aren't they? Because they feel it's a bit like sort of meeting royal family or something. You know, you're kind of like, how do I behave? And is it okay if I go up and talk to them? And 
I think I had one year where I had to write people's names on stickers and then stick them on their chests at an event. And I didn't remember anyone's names and people would get really offended because they'd be like, don't you know I'm at onemillionfollowers.com? And I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't even recognise you. I'm so sorry. It's just such a funny world, isn't it? I, yeah, I'm really bad at ter- terrible, terrible people at names. I used to have like a, I'd have like a sign or I'd get someone else to introduce themselves who I knew their name. And I'd sort of say, can you go and ask... Um, introduce yourself to her and then we'll find out her name type thing. I know it's terrible. But I mean, when you meet so many people, and the thing is when, if you're doing events or running events, everyone knows who you are. That's the thing. Mm, it's peculiar. And I, I mean, I have, I have a lot of friends who aren't on social media and I took one of my friends along to a book launch and she isn't, she wasn't actually on Instagram at all. And she just found the whole thing really peculiar. And she said to me, she said, who are these people? And, you know, why is this this mad dash to try and get a selfie with somebody? Like people were kind of elbowing one another out the way to try and get a selfie with whoever had the most followers. And she said, you know, these are women in their 40s. What are they doing? They're behaving like teenagers. And I said, well, there's a pecking order. You know, that is the queen at the top. And then we are the, the little tiny servants at the bottom. And if we're lucky enough, she might have her picture taken with us. And then maybe we might get some more followers. And she was just going, oh, my God, this is just insane, you know. Yeah, it's my... When you think about it, it is like... It's some weird game of... Um, Hunter Games type uh, thing of, like, who can get the best selfie with the most person. And then get tagged in it. Or it's or some disaster would happen that they wouldn't tag you anyway. So then you'd you'd be like, I didn't. Well, I was, was it's funny because it, it plays on all your insecurities. <laughs> I think I went to the toilet once. I think that was like a TV programme launch. And I went to the loo and I was pregnant, actually. So I kept going to the loo. And every time I went to the loo, I'd come out and someone would go, oh, you just missed a boomerang with, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, bloody hell, I've missed it. Oh, my God, I was in the toilet. And they were going, yeah, there was like it was the best one. There was everyone was there and everyone's going to get tagged. And I was like, oh, what am I even doing at this event? Because I'm actually not very good and thankfully I don't do it anymore, but not very good at that kind of very forward kind of networking where you literally just launch yourself at someone, hold your camera up and take a picture of them <laughs> really quickly. I can't do it. I find it embarrassing. So I'm just like, no, sorry, not doing that today. Yeah, I, I always seem to find like a few people that I really want to actually talk to and then um, try and have conversations with them and then not really have worked like, work the room in it at all but I mean it's just different because obviously I've run events and for brands which I enjoy doing because then you feel it's sort of a bit like a performance and you know and you just or you're putting on a party and you're hoping that everyone turns up and usually the day before the party people start dropping out and the ang- then you have it's the opposite side of it it's the anxiety from the other side you're like no one's going to come to this party it's going to be a disaster and the brand's paid me money or something and i mean but it always has turned out beautifully well in the and end. lovely and luckily hustle and fox are knowing of, uh, known for having great events but yes it, i have seen both sides of it where at my own event obviously it's completely different but then when you're at someone else's you that you send switch around and go back to that insecurity of like you know do they know who I'm meant to be here and also I think though taking Roxy was it's like she she was suddenly my little buffer of, it meant that I had a reason to sort of 
talk to people as she just bolded in there and took over. So um, I know it's nice. And that makes it a bit more human, doesn't it? When everyone's sort of doing a bit of the show off thing. It's just, yeah, you're just getting on with it, really, aren't you? Yeah. Um, I think I went to an event and it's, it's harder when it was really serious ones um, or serious subject matters. And suddenly, you know, um, Roxy would suddenly just be at the front appearing, you know, standing next to the person talking. And you know, then you're sort of in that awkward thing. Do I go to get her? Do I stop the whole thing? Do I stop them talking? Do I stop the speech? It, you know, it, but I do, I do miss it though. I miss, I, miss, I do miss, I do miss, yeah. I miss some, some aspects of it. I want to give, because people who are listening, they might not be familiar with kind of, obviously we've talked a bit about what you, what you do as a business, but a lot of the women that come to you, um, maybe they've been women who've kind of worked in normal careers for most of their lives. And then they sort of go, oh, do you know what? I like the idea of working on my own. I like the idea of having my own business. And I've got this business idea. What, what kind of, what are some of the challenges I guess because we were sort of we touched on before we started recording we were sort of saying sometimes if you're on social media and it could be LinkedIn or it could be Instagram or Facebook you can get the impression that there's women are all nailing it and having it and doing it and you know they're bossing it and actually running your own business it's it's tricky isn't it I mean it's it's a lot of hard work is that kind of what you find because I think there'll be people listening especially during Covid who are thinking do you know what this is the time where I need to just launch myself in to the world with this idea that I've always had which is incredibly you know it's it's a great thing to do but there is a lot of hard work involved isn't there that was a lot of questions in one in one um yeah I'll put about 16 questions in there (laughs) but yes firstly yes starting your own business is is it's hard it's incredibly hard you have to know that you have to work really hard and put you know sacrifices that you have to make whether that being your time you know time with family general time being you know because you have to spend it um resilient that you know you're not going to maybe you know make a million in the first year or any money and you and you have to be keep going I mean I before I started Hustle and Fox I ran my own business for 15 years I didn't have a proper job I always said a proper job I didn't ever have a nine-to-five a corporate job um I went straight into being sort of a self-employed person so I sort of it's just how I work but it is extremely hard if you've been someone's told you what to do from nine-to-five depending on what your job you have someone has told you what to do or what projects you're working on and then you work on your little bit and then you pass it on to the next person and they do their little bit and then you create something all together depending on what job you have. And then suddenly when you run your own business, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm doing all of those things on my own. So you have to have, you have to be doing the, the ideas, but the marketing and the boring VAT and the accounts and all all the stuff that um needs to go along um at the same time and so yeah it's incredibly hard but the the women that I work with well I have worked with men as well I don't only work with women um I have had men clients as well but yeah I do think that you can start something new and I really enjoy working with women that have worked at one thing and then they've decided they they're like oh I'm going to start a new business and I love seeing them grow and and how um, it evolves from one thing. And I think talking to someone like myself 
it's a, it's a really good idea because you then have an idea of what path you should you shouldn't get if you look at other people's businesses and think oh that's how I do it or that's how it should be done you really need to sort of think this is how I'm going to run my business and if people really need it and want it and am I actually going to be able to run a business out of make make money out of it and actually is it going to work mm. you know one of the things that I've found challenging is that say and you probably have quite a lot of people that come to you with this where you've got quite a lot of things that you can do you know, different things that you can do. And maybe it's tricky to sort of focus on on one. You know, how do you sort of make... Because you were saying, you know, if you ha- think about the story of what your brand is. So say for me, like I'm a writer and then I've done a bit of kind of events things and I've done social media and then I've got I've done loads of marketing, market research. So it's that whole idea of how do you position yourself? You know, how do you actually, because my worry is sometimes people will look at my LinkedIn profile and they go like, what the hell is this? You know, well, who is this person? Like, what is she actually offering? Because she seems to be doing quite a lot of different things at the same time. And I think as women get older, you sort of add more skills to your set, don't you? So you sort of, you've got more and more stuff, you've got more history, more professional stuff you've done. But the worry is that you could come across as just being a bit kind of disjointed. So how do you help people get a story? So they're sort of like, okay, so what's the one thing that you're going to say about you and your brand? I think that every every chapter of your of your working life as leads you on to the next chapter. And there is going to be some sort of linear going through that helps you on to the next stage. And I just think it's it's how you can write if you need to write it on a, in a professional way on LinkedIn and how why someone has gone from one thing to the other. Then there is always a way of of how and why that person has gone through their lives. And I think as you get older, you it makes more sense of why you've gone from one thing to the other. I talked to someone the other day who, you know, she did run a cafe um and they're a photographer and there's just lots of different things but that when you run your own business there is you have to do lots of different stuff and I think there's always a way of connecting them and I think you shouldn't ever be scared to know that that it's the next bit of your life can be completely different and that's okay and it's exciting and it's never too late to to try something else or or do something else I mean I still think that I'm going to do other stuff I've got some that might people might be like really but I'm like yeah I really think that I, I'd like to be a jazz singer and um no I mean true story though mm. um I'd like to be a jazz singer I'd also like to um have an antiques sort of vintage antiques sort of thing you know I watched so much bargain hunt and things like that oh yeah I could do that with you I've got if you came around here I've got a lot of taxidermy which is not really that as fashionable as it used to be but I yeah, think it was it, wasn't it was really either. fashionable everyone was buying and I, or doing it on course in courses I know exactly East London and make a mouse out of something yeah I know and I went I went mad sort of this is pre-kids and then actually I think I've mentioned this before but there's a I've got like an owl a stuffed owl in the front room and uh, my youngest is she's only two and I went in one day and the owl's head was just lying on the floor in the carpet because it's on the floor. I mean, who on earth? I mean, why did I keep it there? I don't know. And it just horrified me because this, it, it, obviously it's a real owl and it's stuffed and there's like a little bit of metal wire sticking out the top. And so she was like going, oh, owl's head fell off and owl's head fell off. And I said, this is so macabre. I've managed to sort of <laughs> twist it 
twist it back on again. Shove it back on. But it's funny because it's it's one of those things where I look around sometimes and I think, oh, that's a typical me. Like, you know, I got onto a trend and then I wasn't even sure that I liked the trend. But before I knew it, the whole place was full of stuffed animals, you know. And to be fair, I, I always tried to get really old ones. So not hopefully. And what I'm saying is hopefully they weren't freshly slaughtered for my for, for me. Yeah, I think they were, you know, they're old ones that were sat in the back of old antique shops. So, yeah, well, if you do. In case your vegan friends come round. Uh... Beat me up. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but if you do want to ever, if you ever want to start up another I, don't, I, I thought we we're going to get through the whole conversation without me saying side hustle, but because I can't bear the word side hustle. But I think if we can get, yeah, if you ever need to set up any vintage uh, taxidermy, you know, showrooms. I'm, you're my woman. Then yeah? I've, I've got loads of that stuff. I'll just yeah. I'll come around your house and pick them up. For exactly. You. I mean, what do you think, uh, you know, in terms of kind of working, working for yourself, I think a lot of what you've said of kind of when you get to your 40s, you've done lots of different things. You've moved from one thing to another. Hopefully there's kind of one story that ties it together in terms of why, why you've done those things. And you've still got am- ambitions to do more. Do you think ultimately you're happier sort of working for yourself? Or are there times when you sort of think actually it would be easier to just go in, have a job, you know, work, I mean, nobody works nine to five anymore, do they? But kind of, you know, do your job and then come home again and have your dinner and and not be maybe feeling like, oh, I need to log on now because I I really should try and do some work or I need to get up even earlier in the morning to try and fit it in. Um, A lot of the time. (laughs) Yes, I do think that, especially over the last sort of, the last year, especially because um, I've had to keep going with two small children and also you know with covid and i've had to carry on of course there's loads of times or even before i mean you know having run my business um for so long prior um prior to and fox i had a retail i had my own retail shop um for for 11 years and you know loads of times i was like oh god let's go and get a shop in sainsbury's or something where i just or other supermarkets you know and just it'd be really simple and easy and i'd just get paid and then um i'd come home and and that'd be fine I, and i and the thing is um my sisters and my older sister is um also self-employed and we're like yeah when we're older we'll just get a job in marks and spencers or sainsbury's or somewhere but I, I just know that i wouldn't it wouldn't work for me because i'm like a couple of weeks in i'd probably be like listen how are we stacking the shelves here should we not do it in a different way because i just can't help myself but be sort of recommendate dean always says oh it's gail recommends i always start recommending how someone can do something a little bit better <laughs> so i think that actually i would end up but yeah definitely there's a lot of times where i'm like i'm so tired and um i think and then i think oh is it because is it because i'm older when I see a lot of um, new businesses starting um, and I'm thinking, God, you've like you've started this business and you've got young kids and, you know, and they're in their sort of early 30s. I'm like, I do have the energy to to carry on and also generating your own income when you have to do like all the marketing and stuff. And that's really hard slog. It's a really hard slog. Mm, sorry, I'm waving um, at the moment. We're recording, but I'm just you the way that you um summed it up I mean we also touched on sort of having kids at home as well at the same time and I think you could probably hear hear one of mine um, having a weep downstairs but I think that's probably it's a different dynamic isn't it because the thing is we're also working from home with children at home which is a whole nother kettle of fish whether you're actually working for a 
a big organisation or working on your own, that's it's it's really difficult, isn't it? It's really difficult because a I I'm not very good at sort of switching from like mum mode to to like work head. Sometimes I can almost if I have an idea, I quickly write it down and I can literally be doing like look at me, I'm like proper multitasking. I'm doing like seventeen things at once, and I've written a list, and now I feel better, and I've like I've got one baby and my. My son is one and he's on my hip. I'm doing everything one-handed. Um, I've made someone's dinner. I've tidied up. I've cleaned the bathroom. I've done some washing. Ah! It's crazy. It's crazy times. And I can't switch from one thing to the other. In a That whole working from home, is, is, it's been really hard with having young kids. And also I feel, sometimes I feel terribly guilty I don't, I, guilt is not the wrong word. I feel sad sometimes, the, the last year especially, that I've had one half of my brain on something else rather than parenting. I think, to be honest, I think that's kind of... I mean, so many of us have, have been like that. And I think that it's the whole merging of kind of your your work and your home life is just becoming this big mess, you know, because you're kind of having to go downstairs and immediately deal with kids and then come back. I work because I work in the bedroom. I had like a six month contract at the end of last year. It didn't last that long. And I found it just impossible because I was, you know, and I know many people will be going through the same thing where I was kind of logging on, trying to really get down, get my head down, do lots of work, constant interruptions. And actually, no, if you were in an office, you'd have the respite of being able to go out and have a coffee or at least coming down into a canteen where your kids aren't sat there. Because obviously the minute I would come down, the children are there. My partner was on furlough. So he, I, mean, I was lucky enough that he was on furlough. So he would be looking after them. But then, of course, he would then want a break. So I'd come down, he'd hand the kids over. And then I would have my lunch, trying to make them lunch, and then come back up again and log back in. And the, the problem is, is that the people that I was working with, they, they didn't have that set up at all. So there was no understanding. You know, they would, they would go downstairs and have lunch and just have lunch on their own, you know. And then, you know, they were sort of talking about how they would watch hours of Netflix in the evening and I'd be like oh my god you know I'm lucky if I get like half an hour of telly you know it's just it's just mad but what do you think so if people are on a practical level I guess if I'm someone who's sort of thinking about starting my own business up I've often thought that you almost need to start you obviously need for financial reasons if you're the breadwinner you kind of need to probably stay in your day job don't you and start thinking about what this thing is going to be whilst you're in a day job don't you you don't you don't suddenly take the leap out of your normal job to start your business because a bit what you were saying about people expect to make money right away and they don't I think absolutely yes I think when I started my business and I think I was in my in my sort of mid-20s when I first sort of started thinking about um I was making t-shirts and selling them um to shops and things and I was like oh it took me a while before I became fully self-employed. So what I did, I literally worked half the week at a well-known pizza restaurant and half the week I worked on my business. So therefore, I never sort of did that massive like, oh, I'm going to suddenly make money because I knew really it's not it's not how it works. So yeah, I always recommend that people start. And I don't, as you're saying, side hustle, the word side hustle goes, you know, it should be in that room 101, shouldn't it? You know, mm. that room. Along with mumpreneur and... Mum boss. Mum, mum boss and mum and all those other... Anything that says something in front of a boss. I'm just a boss. 
I'm just the boss. It needs to go, yeah, in Dream 101. So yeah, I do recommend that people would start thinking about their job. They're thinking about their job, how they can financially um, continue, if they're the main breadwinner. Sometimes I work with women that obviously they're not the main breadwinner. They've either left their job, lost their job, or they're on maternity leave, or and they've decided to start something before they go back to work. But I think it is completely possible. You don't have to suddenly think, oh my God, I've got this amount of time off. I need to like make a new life for myself. That pressure of like having to suddenly do something in that space of time. No, go back to your job. You don't need to suddenly rush things. If you've got a business idea or want to have a um, a, a business, you don't need to start it tomorrow. It's, if your idea is there, it's still going to be there in you know another year you can slowly start doing stuff and sort of lay the foundations and so you really know how it's going to work and if you can make it work if people need it if people want it and if it's financial viable for your for your family to do it so I I always yeah to stay if you can stay in some employment otherwise the pressure of having to make money becomes such the stress the stressful thing it's so stressful. Money is very stressful. It's really, I mean, I, I've always been in the position where I am the breadwinner. And so I used to get quite frustrated because I'd sort of meet other women who were, I suppose, doing the side hustle. But really, financially, they weren't, it didn't really matter that much whether it took off or not, you know. And so, you know, the stakes aren't quite so high then because you're kind of like, it's it's lovely if it does work and you're fulfilling your dreams and doing what you what you want. But I never really had that. So I was and still am sort of really sort of swinging from doing the things that I love and then back into corporate world and then back into and I do I mean I enjoy the corporate work work as well but it's kind of I sometimes envy the women who have got the you know got the kind of freedom I guess to really do whatever they like but having said that I think everyone now you know post kind of COVID well hopefully soon post or you know living with COVID um, times is that we've all got to kind of really whether we're the breadwinner or not sort of really think about the role of work and what we what what we want it to do for us and you know if you are the breadwinner do you really I, mean, I suppose it is about sort of thinking about your budget and can you can you make changes in your life so that you can have more freedom to do the things you want you know so maybe sacrificing some of the online shopping or you know not spending so much just on rubbish and thinking because it took me a long time actually to make the equation that the more money I spent the more I had to you know it sounds very simple the more money I spent the more I had to work essentially so I'd be like why am I bloody you know I'm sort of I've, I've got you know I've got to work so hard all the time and it's like well because you've got to support a really serious like online dungaree buying you know addiction <laughs> so yeah. you've been buying you know online dungarees loads and not just online it makes it sound like they're virtual dungarees but you know buying buying dungarees online non-stop and jumpsuits and that comes at a cost and that cost is that you've now got to work non-stop for the next three months which I think women are traditionally we're not that good at sort of making that link I think you can as well I what I I sort of really get a buzz out of thinking when I haven't when I haven't spent any money as well though and I think I don't know if that's incentive in, in me from being a child of the 80s and coming from a family that you know family of six that didn't you know weren't didn't have a lot of money and therefore we didn't go around spending loads of money and I think that sometimes when I've like especially at the moment you know I'm like I'm at home and I've spent no money this week listen Gail I really I mean I've loved talking to you if people want to find out more about Hustle and Fox then where do they find um where do they find you so 
There is a website, hustleandfox.com. Um, I'm obviously on the Instagram, Instagram, um, hustleandfox. Um, I also have my own Gail Haddock Instagram. So any of those places. And would you say you if I... email me. If, if I'm somebody, what would be your... So your sort of closing bit of advice, I guess. So I'm sort of someone who's thinking, do you know what? Long term, I can't hack doing what I'm doing at the moment. I've got this little kernel of an idea. What would you say is kind of the first step? Because one of the things I know is that a lot of people have got these business ideas and they just stay as concepts and they never, you know, because you sort of always put it off, don't you? How do you move one step sort of closer to actually doing the thing um i always say that you should talk to someone that isn't a friend or a family member because then you're getting an outside view without any sort of emotional attachment and you learn to talk about your business or what you want to do or your idea with a real confidence and passion because that's what you're going to have to do for the rest of your life if you if that's what how you want to be and you have to learn to be able to talk and have say it with confidence about this is what I do this is what it does i mean people call it like the the lift pitch or something like how can you sell it to someone in like a few a few sentences it's not actually it's it's how you can talk to the postman the the, the mum the mum at the school gate the the lady in sainsbury's how can you talk about your your business and your idea that you sell it to someone that they're going to believe in you and your idea and I think that's really super important so yeah talking to someone outside your friend and family and just learn how to talk about it with a with a confidence that people believe it that they need it yeah that's perfect and I think that's the other thing that women are not very good at is and I'm guilty of it is don't be self-deprecating you know like I often hear that from other women and I do it myself like even now to you I was like going on about oh I do this and I do that and I do this rather than sort of go oh, but I'm not very good at that and you know I think you know we were saying earlier before we started recording I'm not very good at tech I'm not very good at this or I don't do that that's not a, a, a kind of confidence inducing trait is it and it men I don't think men would ever do that like go on a on a kind of pitch and be like oh I'm sorry I, I think I might I'm not very good with social media so uh, you know I, I'm, I'm I'm quite good at you know yeah I why can... do you feel like you have to heighten what you're not very good at why aren't we like uh, upping what we're brilliant at and because Anakin from from an outside person looking in I'm like Anakin's written books and stuff and how she had time to do this and she's doing work and she's hilarious on Instagram and I love watching your stories and all of this stuff so from an outside looking at you I'm like god like you know you're you're doing amazingly so I think you always have to remember that like whatever you're doing someone else is always going god that person's quite amazing so I know and that's quite that's a bit what you were saying I mean that's that's interesting isn't it it's kind of it's almost taking that you know it's coming back to that inner critic isn't it it's kind of the little voice inside and actually I think everyone's feeling it and everyone feels it at certain times but it's kind of pushing pushing that away and going Actually, I was listening to another podcast, actually, which was an Elizabeth Day one, which she does about, you know, how to fail. And I think she was sort of, they were sort of talking about the fact that sometimes it's quite useful to almost name that voice, you know, so you sort of say, you you give it a name um, and you sort of say, and I think it was actually... You know, you could call it, call it, you know, call it Marge or whatever and say, listen, actually, Marge, you know, you keep telling me here that I'm rubbish at this and I can't do that and that everyone else is more successful than me. But where's the evidence? You know, where is it? You know, what, what, 
how can you Tell prove me, Marge, it? what's going on? Marge, yeah. what's going on? Because I think once you once you look around and you think, actually, no, there isn't any evidence for this, actually, you know, I'm actually doing pretty well. But it's just that there's this terrible voice which keeps telling me that I'm not doing well. Um, and that, I mean, that to me is the biggest barrier for women is kind of once they can push beyond that. And when I meet women who don't have that, I sort of think, wow, that's that's why they are successful, because they can walk into a room and just announce what they're brilliant at without apologising. I know. I, I often speak, when I, I've spoken to women before and they introduce themselves as, oh, I'm just a, I'm just a. I literally take that out of your vocabulary. And I've pulled women, I literally pull women up. I, when they, if, especially if they're, if they're in a consultation or anything, I, I say, don't ever, you're not just anything. You're, look at all these things that you've accomplished. It's not a just ah. That's not how you start a sentence when you want to talk about, you know, talking about yourself. You're immediately like, oh, you know, not me. It's just this, you know. When most of the time, well, 100% of the time, when you talk to women and their story, whatever they've done in their lives, they've everyone has achieved lots of different stuff that you would never think of or they've been through stuff that you never know of so I think that you should never you talk about yourself like you would your messmate. yeah that's such good advice listen love um thanks so much for coming on I know that people will check you out and um you know I think it's really good just to try and give women more confidence and I guess sort of make them realize what they're actually capable of because once once women can push beyond that kind of insecurity there's sort of no stopping them really um so thanks for coming on and yeah and good luck and maybe we'll see maybe I'll see you at an actual event like in I know. Six well, months maybe or something. Hustle and Fox will put one on and I'll invite everyone that is everyone and we won't have any name badges and no one will know, you know. Yeah, we should do to. like, exactly. Or, or exactly. We could just be be honest and authentic and uh, have so a bit I of a no laugh. I have no idea what your name is, but do you want a drink? Do you know what I mean? It's like... Yeah, yeah. exactly. And maybe not Definitely. too many boomerangs. No, <laughs> boomerangs. Boomerangs, so 2018. Thanks for listening and I just wanted to give a little plug for my book which is coming out on the 31st of March and is called How to Be a Boss at Ageing. It's available in um, all good retailers and you can pre-order it now but on the 31st of March it's out and basically it's going to be a bit like the podcast but there'll be lots of fun facts in there about ageing, what are some of the kind of challenges that come up when you get into your 40s, how do we even define being older when really we just keep on going there's no longer that kind of sense that you get a comfy cardi and some nice slippers and sit next to the fire doing crosswords all day or certainly I don't and um, and so it's really good for any woman really who finds herself kind of questioning where she's headed Um, that might be in terms of work or in terms of relationships with others friendships and it could be in terms of menopause Um, basically each chapter a bit like the podcast covers a bit of my own personal experience and then Uh, I use a kind of interview technique to try and speak to experts and find out what their opinions are. So there's lots of interesting stuff in there. So I hope you will buy it. Please do support it. How to be a boss at ageing out on the 31st. And thanks for listening. Okay, ta-da!